This is Changing the Rules, a podcast about designing the life you want to live. Hosted by Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Casey Dempster, and I'm here with Ray Lowe, and we have a couple of guests that are going to spice things up for us. And uh, this is our podcast called Changing the Rules, and our podcast is about transition. Um, We know that change is inevitable. We, We face it all throughout our lives, whether we like it or not. Um, a lot of people really resist change. Some people embrace it. But um, the fact of the matter is it's uncomfortable. And we believe that if you feel that you're in control of the change, sometimes that makes it a little bit easier for you. So uh, what we plan to talk about in our podcasts is um, about how people are handling change and transitions in their lives. And uh, that's what we hope to get across to everybody. So if you're facing some changes or transitions, like you're deciding whether to retire or what you're going to do in retirement, or uh, if you have been um, forced out of a job or you are forcing yourself out of a job because you're unhappy, or whether you just want to jumpstart your life, this show is for you. We think we can um, share a lot of really good information with you. And um, Ray? You mean I can still jumpstart my life? You can jumpstart your at life age seventy-seven. At age seventy-seven, and we have uh, two guests today. Yes. Uh, I got to tell my penguin story before we get into it. But we have Bruce Rubens. This is a sneak preview, and we have Bill Hughes, and these are two guys who are vibrant, who are doing incredible things. Uh, I've known. Uh, Bill Hughes for about 47 billion years. And uh, Bruce, I've met more recently, but we frequent a lot of the same places. But before we get here, penguins. 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 Okay, so uh, you know, uh, if you've listened to us, that uh, Sandy, my wife, and I travel a lot. And we have been on all seven continents. And uh, we thought we were doing pretty well. And uh, we keep being reminded it's a big, big world out there. But we were in Antarctica not too long ago. And uh, when you go to a place like Antarctica, you uh, do an expedition-style trip. And in our case, what we did is we stayed on an ice-hardened ship. And we trolled the coast of Antarctica. And what we would do every morning is we'd get up early and we'd get a quick breakfast. And we would uh, get on a Zodiac, basically. And we would go on land. And and we would be tracking uh, penguins and ice and ice and more ice and more penguins. <laughs> and occasionally we would run into one of the uh, the scientific uh, places that we were there and hang out with some scientists occasionally and stuff like that. But it's, it's really, it's a pricey trip. And most of the people that go really get engaged in it and they do everything. Right. Well, we had dinner one night with a couple, and uh, the next morning we went out to see one of the uh, larger penguin colonies, and they weren't there. Hmm. And I found them at lunchtime, and I said, gee, we missed you this morning. Where were you? And I get this kind of stone silence, and uh, uh, they came back and they said, well, we looked out the window this morning, and we saw the hill that we had to walk up. And we didn't think we could make it up the hill. 
Well, this this kind of floored me. I mean, I, I just sat back and said, you know, you pay all this money. I didn't say this, but I'm thinking you you pay all this money to go on this trip, and then you can't walk up the hill. And and uh, I was interrupted, or my thoughts were interrupted a couple minutes later because uh, one of the uh, two people came back, and they said, well, you know, we planned for this trip years and years ago, and this is something we've always wanted to do, and we didn't feel financially secure. Mm. We didn't feel like we had enough money and enough time to be able to do this the right, the right way. So we put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off, and now here we are. We have all the money we could ever want. We have all the time we could ever want. And we can't walk up the hill to see the penguin. So they don't have all the health and fitness they could ever want. Yeah, and, and we're going to get into this today in a couple different ways. We're going to get into uh, the health piece, the fitness piece. The financial piece is important, too, because if you don't feel like you're secure money-wise, you're not going to do these things. Right. I mean, this is not this is not one of those trips that you have to take in your life. It's a great trip, mm-hmm. and if you get a chance to do it, you really want to do this. Right. But it's expensive, it's pricey, and you have to be willing to make the financial commitment, the physical commitment, the health commitment, and the mental commitment. Right, right. And that's what's and, all and about. And so often people do put off doing things, <coughs> well, I'll do that after I, I retire, I'll do that when I retire. But the fact of the matter is um, – Sometimes it's better not to put it off to do it now because you don't know what's in the future. Yeah, and and again, though, work and life gets in the way. I mean, yeah. think of all the excuses you have for not doing anything. Mm. So I noticed that uh, Bruce over here has got a big smile on his face. Mm. So we're going to turn the mic over to you so you can say anything you want, and we'll interrupt you if we don't like what you're saying. How's that? Okay. Good. Good <laughs> work for me. Okay. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm Bruce Rubin. Uh, I am very active in a number of business activities, uh, one of which is, uh, which I'm most active in at the moment, is launching uh, the sales and hopefully the production of a solar-powered refrigeration unit to go in all parts of the world without electricity and a great amount of food loss. Uh, Over 40% of all the food produced in the world never gets eaten. Mm-hmm. So that's been something we've been working on, and uh, hopefully we will, somebody will make sales uh, <coughs> soon, sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, I'm also involved in a number of consulting and advisory groups besides my own company, BHR Global. Uh, <coughs> but, you know, that's my quote-unquote day job. Uh, I am also the captain of a three-on-three team that has participated in the last six national senior games. This year, we came in fifth out of 17 teams in the 75-79 age group. Uh, and our need, we have a need. Uh, the teams we lost to were the gold, silver, and bronze medal winners, all of whom had a player at least six foot six tall. Our tallest guy was six four. And so we're looking for a tall old guy <laughs> to round out our team. With some skills, I hope. With some skills, uh, <laughs> absolutely. So a uh, <clears throat> person has to have been at least six foot six, has to have been born between 1943 and 1946, and willing to play, you know, travel and play basketball. The next National Senior Games are in Fort Lauderdale in 2021. Next year we'll... Uh, qualify in different states. Last time we played in Maryland, 
Virginia, Delaware, Pennsylvania uh, to practice as well as uh, <clears throat> qualify. Uh, one of the sidebars from that is when we went to Virginia, there was an 80 and over team that had a play. And one of the members, he was not there that day, uh, <clears throat> of that team, and he was in Albuquerque, was Pat Boone. <laughs> And the singer, Pat Boone. The singer, Pat Boone, yes. And With the white shoes? He, I don't know. We didn't see him play, but somebody we met there did see him play. I don't know if he had white, he was wearing white bucks or he was wearing, <laughs> but I assume he was, his sneakers were white. Uh, so, uh, but that's something, you know, we do. And uh, I also, uh, as part of my athletic activities, uh, I belong to the Philadelphia Masters Track and Field Association mostly focused on race walking and power walking, but also do some running. And this past March in the National Indoor Masters track and field meet in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, (coughs) uh, we set a world record, which has been verified, for the 4x400 men over 75 indoor race. Uh, And... Two days after we found out, I get an, we get, all got emails saying, would you please send your birth certificate to the national headquarters? Oh, my goodness. So we all did. So we were, you know, we, it was verified, we yeah. were not cheating. So yeah. And then we were eventually verified. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I also was particip- participated at the Penn Relays, and we, we won the gold medal, and supposedly... Uh, we set an American record for the 4x400 outdoors, but that hasn't been verified. We also won the 4x100 for men over 75 at the Penn Relays. You know, it's a good thing you're not competitive. <laughs> right. Well, I'm yes. going to say that I am exhausted just thinking about all this. So let's take a quick break, and, um, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll get deeply into this stuff. You're listening to Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. We will be right back with more exciting information. And we're back, and um, we've just heard a laundry list of things that Bruce is doing. I, I can't believe how exhausting it is. Um, but we have a second guest here with us, and uh, it's Bill Hughes, somebody that Ray and I both met in the business that we previously were in. And... Um, Bill, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Well, I guess I uh, moved away from a lot of the work that we were doing before, and mm-hmm. now I'm focusing primarily in the executive coaching area. Mm-hmm. So I work with people in our previous craft, financial advice, and helping them uh, get better at their craft, right. in essence, relationships, that kind of thing. And uh, right now I'm actually working in a project where I'm helping a couple of guys actually build out a unit where they can do something rather unique. They're bringing what they call family office services through uh, CPAs who typically don't have this kind of facility available. And uh, they're trying to figure out how to put everything together, so they brought me on to to help them formulate all that. What would family office services include? Well, it would include a lot of things, but some of the more obvious things that would be uh, concierge-type things like uh, finances and taxes and all that kind of thing. But uh, one of the other areas that they focus in particularly for with people that are really uh, high net worth, very, very uh, well healed, is helping them transfer the wealth onto their heirs, mm-hmm. but not from the standpoint of taxes, even though that is part of the work that they do. It's more or less getting the instruction book or the meaning along with the money mm-hmm. to, to the kids. Mm-hmm. And the kids can be in their 50s or 60s right. in, in many cases. Right. 
as I am with my parents or my mom, who's the person left today. And um, essentially what we do is help the, uh, the children prepare for that time when the parents move on mm-hmm. and they have to work together to manage whatever they end up getting in the way of resources from, from their, uh, their parents. Right. And this more or less was established. Uh, a lot of high net worth families do this kind of thing, particularly the ones that we all know, like the DuPonts and some of the other ones that you hear about in the news. Uh, and the, the guys that formulated this, uh, what they determined s- several years ago was the fact they were getting extremely good at moving money through the pipeline and keeping it out of Uncle Sam's hands, mm-hmm. but they were killing the kids. <laughs> Ooh. So uh, w- what they did was they went and took a look at some of these families that were able to survive uh, large inheritance and, and find out what they were doing right mm-hmm. so that the adage of the third generation from shirt sleeves to, to uh, short sleeves uh, <laughs> would not end up being the case for average average folk. And they, they actually built a whole system around uh, building a family governance process that could be installed in different families that want to do it uh, from the very, very high net worth all the way down to middle income people because you can, as we found out, you can kill kids just as easy handing them $100,000 as you can $100 million. Right. It's just a matter of yep. what they have available to them. We should all have that problem, right? Really, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I detect two things here, okay? Here you are, you're both, uh, I, I would say a little bit on the senior side over here, okay? And you're both actively engaged, and I don't sense any indication that there's a stopping point here. So what motivates you guys to do this? I, you know, uh, take a minute here, Bruce. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> one of my goals and the goal for my team is in 2017, the National Senior Games added 85 and over to basketball. <clears throat> Interested the, you know, so in 2029, uh, everybody – that's now on our team will be 85 and over and that's my goal is that we are playing in the national senior games in 2029 wherever it is wherever it is and 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 bill you know you're you're sitting here i don't get the sense that you're even thinking about the word retirement here and i i think you've seen some things in a number of different ways can would you be willing to tell us a little bit about your mom and the experience she's going through and the experience you're going through as part of the process I'm sure, but I, I don't see what one has to do with retirement, though, because, again, in my estimation, if you like what you do and you can continue doing it, then I don't see any reason to stop doing it. Mm. And uh, was one was an, an, a wise old man once said that uh, if, you, uh, if you are what you do and then you don't, then you aren't. And <laughs> I kind of like what I do, and I, I can see a lot of different ways to expand that. Uh, obviously, in addition to the professional stuff that I do, I, obviously, I'm a family guy as well. And I'm at that age now where a lot of us in, their, in our late 50s, early 60s, uh, of course, I'm not early 60s anymore. I'm on the <laughs> other side of that now. But we now are caring for parents. Mm-hmm. And my mom is the only person left at this particular point of, of, between my, my wife and myself. Her parents have all passed on. And uh, both my my father and my stepfather passed away as well. So now it's just my mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, my stepfather left a great deal of resources to, to care for my mom. And uh, I didn't realize that until it was my turn to actually start taking care of the bills and all this kind of thing. And what I found out very quickly was it's not always the money in right. many cases. It's who do you have? Who's your ombudsman? Who's going to watch over you when uh, you have to utilize facilities like um, long-term care 
you have to utilize uh, um, uh, memory memory care facilities, that kind of thing, because they can be all well put together and fancy and have the great furniture. And uh, and if they don't have the right staff, if they're not taking care of people, then I don't care how much money you're paying, you're not going to get the work done. And that's kind of what I found because mm-hmm. uh, I've had to move my mom from where she was to where she is now, primarily because uh, they were paying an exorbitant amount of money. She was up in the ten. $15,000 range a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was hard-pressed to find staff when I would co- go to visit. And that didn't sit well with me. And right. she's an hour away. Now I've got her within 10 minutes from where I am and in a place that is considerably less money, but it's a newer place. So it's it's brighter. It's better staffed. Mm-hmm. I've Actually, with the difference in savings, I was able to hire somebody to come in and be with her 10 hours a day. So right. she needs memory care. And uh, she's not going to be cognizant enough to tell me when something's wrong because everything is always wrong in her eyes right now (laughs) you know why am i here you know why can't i go home with you this kind of stuff yeah but at the same time i see others there that aren't fortunate enough to have somebody else uh with their uh family member and that ends up being a disaster because again they don't pay these people well uh they do work hard. Some of them have really big hearts, and they put a lot of stuff into it. But the people that own these facilities are interested in profits. That's what they're that's, – that's what they're doing. And not, not there's anything wrong with that. Right. But I think you have an obligation, if you're taking care of people, to mm-hmm. actually take care of them. Right. right. And uh, that's the thing that I think is missing in our senior care facilities these days. And I don't care whether it's independent living or whether it's all the way through to memory care to an Alzheimer's and all the mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. that, that people face as they age. So I think that in addition to making sure you have enough resources to, to make sure that whoever ends up taking or helping you take care of yourself doesn't have to worry about where the money's going to come from, the most important thing is that you have somebody responsible that can keep their eyes open and be there and visit and advocate and mm-hmm. check things out mm-hmm. and make sure stuff's getting done, that people are being cared for. Right. And they have to keep them socially engaged. And <laughs> I think that's what Ray was getting at is that right. um, even, if, even if somebody is moving into the memory care need, Social engagement can, I th- right. uh, personally, I think social engagement can sort of slow that process. Very much so. And um, so, so it's in our interests as uh, people who are entering into this chapter of our life to find ways to be socially engaged. And both you and Bruce have done that. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they, they kind of retire and think that they're just going to kind of hang out. And that's that's where... The, the breakdown can be. Well, like I say, if you stop, you rust. It's that simple. Yeah. So you have to keep moving to keep things going. Mm-hmm. You have to stay engaged because if you don't, literally, you will start to deteriorate almost immediately. Yeah. Okay. So we have some listeners that are a little younger than you guys. Okay. And, you know, they're thinking about what the future holds for them in terms of change. Now, you know, here you are, you've, you've got a full-time job and you got a second full-time job. Right. You're managing your parents. And I think many, many, many people are going to have this series of issues. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll bring you back sometime because I'd like to talk more in depth about the processes that you go through and how you keep people engaged and how you find this out. Um, But in an overview sense over here, you know, how how do you manage two jobs, stay engaged and things like that. And then we'll get back to Bruce here because I'm fascinated. He's got it down pat. The the, the workload. 
But you know, how how do you uh, how do you arrange your life? I mean, you know, how did you plan for this? I mean, is this something you couldn't plan for that all of a sudden you find yourself in? And when you look back, uh, what are the things that you, maybe you would have done to prepare yourself better to face both issues of staying engaged beyond what most people think retirement and managing a parent at the same time? Well, I, I think first you have to realize that you're not you're not um, going to live forever, mm-hmm. and your health is not going to stay good forever, but it can stay good as long as you can pay attention to it. Right. Uh, a lot of people think that they will, if they're like in their 50s and they, they're in pretty good health, they think that everything's great. <laughs> so they don't necessarily uh, focus or work on those things. Mm-hmm. And um, I would tell you that that probably actually starts when you have children and then you've got the job and the kids and you're you know between the soccer games and all the after-school activities you have to do as well as uh, the stuff around the house and that sort of thing. Right. You kind of forget about taking care of that other person. Uh, right. The person that's going to be there when everybody else is gone, and that's you. Right. So Especially women. Right. Women frequently put themselves last. Exactly. So I, I think you do have to pay attention on that part of it. But I think the, the more you do, the more you can do. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to do a lot, and don't be afraid to get involved in a lot. Right. Uh, you'll know when you've reached your, your capacity. I mean, uh, your I, body will tell you. <laughs> well, I, I've gotten involved in some nonprofit stuff, and as anybody that's done that, knows that if you don't know how to say no, you're going to say yes a lot. You're going to find out your time is completely dominated. So mm-hmm. you do have to do have to manage it and, and, and work with that to some degree. But I do know that the more stuff I have been doing, the more I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. to me, is part of the key. Good. Now, Bruce, did you play basketball in college? No. No. I mean, other than just pick up. And so how, kind of how the heck did you discover you were a basketball player? <clears throat> Well, in 1977, uh, at the local high school, they have an evening class, and I've been going ever since. Uh, I started playing again and on a regular basis and then continued to play. And then in 2008, somebody introduced me to two of the other teammates on my three-on-three team, and they got even more involved and have picked up and played you know, so starting this week, for example, I'll play tonight at the Y, tomorrow outdoors, and then Thursday at another school and continue that. <clears throat> so it just kind of happened, you know. But the team uh, thing has been has been good because of travel and all that. And uh, <clears throat> in line with what Bill was saying, and I'm wearing a shirt that uh, has a quote from George Bernard Shaw in the back is, we don't stop playing when we get old. We go. We get old when we stop playing, and I truly believe that, mm-hmm. regardless of its act, you know sporting activities or working or just or childlike whatever. play, yeah. right? And you know, so now, now, what do you get out of the the basketball participation? I want to go back to the other thing a little bit too, but uh, you know, obviously, you're staying physically fit, right? Uh, by the way, for everybody else, Bruce is this skinny guy over here. He looks, he's got muscles all over his body, you know, and he looks like he can do a really good job. Right. Uh, we have to paint those virtual images or visual images because we can't see them here. Right. But but what are the benefits that you get? I mean, you know, here you are, you're physically fit, you're meeting with people, you've got new friends maybe. Yes. And no, uh, I think it keeps me, you know, healthy and don't have to see the doctor every whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do have one uh, 
issue that I take a medication for. But other than that, I take no other medications and have no issues. And people ask me, <clears throat> I'm not sure this has anything to do with basketball, but when I you know, sit down in a restaurant, I don't have to put on glasses to read the menu. And <clears throat> people are jealous that I just went to the ophthalmologist and she said, well, I'll see you in two years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Kind of things, so, and and other than the fact that you get an elbow to the eye every once in a while and some bruises and stuff like that, right. okay. Yeah, but I think part of the point here is that um, you know, I think as a nation we are a, a group of procrastinators oftentimes, and oftentimes we'll say, well, I'll deal with that. I'm so busy now, but after I retire, I'm going to get into shape. Well, with your health and fitness, you can't put it off. You can't put it in the bank. You have, well, you, you have to put it in the bank. You have to be doing it all along and making deposits. Um, because, um, from my own experience of, um, being active, um, I, you know, I got really active after my children were born and, um, I'm constantly being surprised as I get older and move into new decades that I can't, quite recover as quickly as I used to, or I can't do things as long as I used to, or I can't, you know, as as hard as you try and as fit as you are, there are still things that, that just time is going to erode a little bit. So you can't wait until you're, you retire in order to start to build your health and fitness. Yeah, you have to fight the battle though, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing that got me into being in quote unquote in shape it was about 30 years ago. I was sitting in my office, and somebody walked in and said, Bruce, you're too young to have your stomach laying on your desk. Oh, no. <laughs> At that point, uh, I weighed somewhere between 210 and 215 pounds. Wow. And <clears throat> this morning, I weighed 148. But but it, when I came home that night, I said to my wife, throw out everything. We're, you know, we're going on a diet. And uh, <clears throat> my first physical after I went on this diet I had lost about 20 pounds, and the doctor said, are you sick? And I said, no, I'm on a diet. And he said, good, you know, keep it up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Now, does any of this basketball stuff relate to the other work that you're doing? The, no. The, so it just keeps me active and busy, and, and, and I enjoy it and fills up my day, uh, especially since my wife passed uh, almost two years ago. And I say to people, there's only so much I can say to the cat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I – no, so I enjoy getting out and, you know, meeting people and, you know, kind of, it's it's a challenge. I mean, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago I was guarding somebody that was 19. Uh, so, and, you know. I hope you showed them what was what. I did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a good time with that, too. Yeah. I, and I, I swim, and Bruce and I show up at the same events often. We're, we don't normally see each other there because he's on the basketball venue and I'm in the pool. But there's something about being on a starting block and the person next to you is a lot younger and just whooping their tail at the end. And when they, they look at you as the old geezer that's there. So, and I think, uh, I just see this whole community of athletes and their people are trying to stay in shape and they're also mentally engaged. <clears throat> so example, uh, I met a young gentleman at one of my swimming meets several years ago and I knew he was in the 85 to 90 age group because I just watched him swim and I made a mistake. I went up to him and said, so how long have you been retired? 
And he looked at me and he said, well, Sonny. (laughs) And he said, "Uh, you know, you're not going to see me here for the next three years. I just bought a $900 million company and I'm going to be managing it for three years until we get the team in place. So you, you see people at these sporting events that tend to be active in the other things too. So they go together. And I think there's a secret here, and I don't know what it is, but one of the things we're looking for in here are patterns, Mm -hmm. and we hope that people will listen when they're in their 40s and 50s and uh, realize they're too young to have their stomach lying on their desk. Okay, (laughs) And, you know, I'll make a point because uh, part of my active lifestyle that started so long ago was that I taught aerobics and exercise classes for a long time, and... um, I believe, well, first of all, when you do aerobic activity regularly, um, you it causes a physiological change in your body, and it's not necessarily weight loss. What you do is you build additional blood vessels because you're providing so much more oxygen to your system that it needs more blood vessels to be able to move it all around and everything. And I think that that may have something to do with this aging process, that if you've been doing this, like with Bruce, for over 30, 40 years, Um, you've been building up additional blood vessels, so you've got great oxygen delivery. And that could be why your vision isn't changing as much. Um, So I think that um, that, I think, is a clue to why athletes oftentimes are, if they maintain their active lifestyle, they are athletes into their 80s, 90s, and even 100s. Okay, are you now becoming Dr. Dempster here? (laughs) I mean, it was good thoughts. Well, of course they were good thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'd like to take a minute and talk about two events that we have coming up. And I think that they involve people like Bill and Bruce. Uh, First of all, we have our Friends Connection, which is going to come up in the spring. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. And the purpose of the Friends Connection is it's a get-together of people who are thinking about retirement, who are thinking about changing yeah or maybe in retirement and just aren't happy with the way they are going and and in the business world we've all gone to workshops and seminars that involve learning new skills and things like that well i think that this is stuff that you have to learn too and whether it's the fact that you know it's not just your life entirely you're going to be taking care of parents in the way you've got to figure out what your business life is going to be and how you're going to personally stay engaged you're going to look at the physical aspects of of these kinds of things and you have to have a plan without the plan it doesn't go anywhere and you can't make up the plan at the last minute right so that's one of them okay and before you get into the second one I think we have another break coming up. Okay. Changing the rules will be right back. Stay tuned for information about the Travel Connection, a unique way to see the world with unique people in your world. Okay. So we're also looking, <clears throat> excuse me, at a second event, the Travel Connection. And we've learned over the years that traveling in small groups with people that you know and their friends and their friends of their friends uh, makes for an exciting way to see the world. And so we're sponsoring another trip that's going to be in October of 1920. Uh, We're going to start out in Athens, Greece. We're going to wind up in Venice. We're going to be on a great small ship, uh, about 300 people. And uh, we're going to see that part of the world in a way that other people don't see it with our friends who can add dimensions to this. 
So if you have interest in these two things, stay involved. Right. right. And and uh, uh, maybe we'll con uh, Bruce and Bill to come along over here, and they can provide entertainment for us <laughs> as well as anything else. And we'll have basketball lessons on the side. Okay. Okay. Yeah, does the ship have a basketball net? Uh, yeah, you know, who knows? If not, we'll get one. We'll get one. So before we break here, uh, Bruce, do you have any other comments you want to make? No, I think I've covered everything. Just keep busy and keep active. And <clears throat> I said to somebody who was planning retirement, what are you going to do after you, the first month when you've seen everything you want to see around the world? And I have a reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. And Bill? I would say that the biggest thing that I, I see overlooked is everybody wants to get involved and have a great act, a lot of activity. And I think mm -hmm. that's a good thing. But what can you do right now to improve your health today? Mm -hmm. and keep improving your health. And it doesn't have to be, you know, getting on the basketball court and, and really blowing things out or <laughs> doing 50-mile uh, marathons. It could be something as simple as just changing something in your diet, mm -hmm. just something really subtle that can have a positive impact on things because that's where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I let myself get to a certain point where I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with either of these two old guys, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's going to change. But we're, I had to make some real significant changes to make that happen. We're called old geezers, by geezers, the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, and proud of it, by the way. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> you know, there was, uh, this is an aside, there was a magazine not uh, too long ago called Geezer Jock. And, you know, I'm surprised I didn't see your picture on the front cover. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, thank the two of you for being here. we got two different opinions in two different ways today. But I think it all comes together in, you know, we're thinking about transition. We're thinking about what's going to be. Uh, I don't think any of us want to sit on the nursing home hallway in a wheelchair waiting for life to go by. Mm -hmm. We want to be involved. We want to stay active. And that means brain power. Uh, I'm fascinated by this refrigeration reforce. We're going to have you back and deal with that on another issue. And uh, I, I don't want to learn how to play basketball. i got my own sport. Okay? <laughs> stay away from the pool, and I'll stay away from your court. Good. Fair enough. Any closing comments, Casey, about next week? Um, well, not next week. The week after, uh, we're going to have another great podcast. Um, I would invite people, if they have any interest or questions, uh, they can reach us through our website, www.theluckiestguyintheworld.com. There is a contact us uh, menu item where you can send us an email, and um, we'll get back to you. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about Tony the Tour Guide next time. Ooh, that almost sounds like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great week, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a podcast designed to help you live your life the way you want and give you what you need to make it happen. Join us in two weeks for our next exciting topic on Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world.